Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. We're back. We've got to review uh, the uh, CT Pans win at the RBC Heritage, Harbortown, Hilton Head. We've got a look ahead at Tiger Woods' schedule, trying to identify some of the places where we might see uh, record-tying or record-breaking PGA Tour wins. Kyle, how are we feeling? How are things going for you here on this Monday? I'm good. Uh, I thought my favorite thing from the weekend was uh, the PGA Tour pumping the uh, Tiger Woods going for 82 PGA Tour wins uh, campaign. Uh, I love that they call his fifth Masters win just his 81st PGA Tour win. I think that's hilarious. You know, it's kind of it's just like all the all the memorials that he won and all the all the farmers insurance opens that he won. It's pretty much the same thing. No, 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 no. That was a master's jacket and a half. That was a master's jacket that deserved to be worn uh, at his Jupiter, Florida restaurant on Friday night. How good was that? Oh my gosh. So for, I mean, I'm sure that uh, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's on the internet. (laughs) You can check it out on the interwebs, but on Friday night, first Friday night off and out, Big Cat is wearing gym shorts, a dry fit tee, uh, his own hat with the logo of uh, his head cover. What's the name the of his head kinda, cover? The ha- Frank. The, Frank. Because it was Frank the head cover against Frank the Italian uh, <laughs> at Augusta. But the, the hat's kind of sick. I would wear that hat. And he's just posted up at his own restaurant. Incredible. I mean, yeah, I mean it's it's the tiger life. It, it's a weird life, dude. It's it's like you're. I mean, what do you where do you go? What do you do? Like that's almost like what you would expect, right? I'm from a 43 year old uh, Florida restaurateur. What's he doing on Friday night? <laughs> He's just going to one of his spots. Absolutely, Ener- energy drink peddler. Yeah, in in uh, in the so. The other portions of this, you know, potentially uh, interesting information for or uh, those who might not be informed. The green jacket can only leave Augusta with the Masters champion, both the members yeah. and former champions. Uh, it's got to stay in the locker room, right? Yeah, which is which is cool. I mean, it's it, you know, and and they get they get a lot of you know, flack for some of their traditions and different things that they do. I think a lot of them are kind of cool. Like the, I wrote about the cell phone thing during the, during master's week, the taking the jacket, like only the champ can do that. That's, it's kind of awesome, right? Ah, yeah. I mean, my, my only criticism or my only blowback for it is that it, it does harken to like the original, you know, the idea of it that, that you show up at the country club and, and you get to put on like 
you take off your outside jacket and you put on your inside jacket. You know, it's like the smoking jacket where only the men go after dinner. So you don't like that? Uh, I'm, I will say I'm, I will say that I'm culturally indifferent to it over what time. If, what if like the RBC heritage was like, yeah, you, you guys can't take your tartan jackets <laughs> out of, like you can't leave Hilton head with your, with your plaid jacket. I don't think that would hold up. I don't, I think <laughs> someone's, I think someone's more willing to break those rules than they are to break the rules at Augusta national. Davis loves like, I'm taking all five of my tartan jackets. <laughs> Everywhere I go, I don't care. Has he won that event more than anyone else? <laughs> I think so. I heard Porath and Andy talking about how he's he's won it like five times. It's like his it's like Tiger to Tory or Bridgestone or what or Firestone or whatever. He's he's won it a bunch. So um yeah, maybe he just like keeps his maybe maybe they give him yeah a bunch of tartan jackets and he just takes them all all right so let's uh let, let's go right there on cbsports.com one of the things that you were writing coming off the weekend where they were very excited to cuz from a promotional standpoint you're just doing that to help bring revel- uh <laughs> relevance and interest to every single like PGA tour event right isn't that the ultimate idea but behind reframing the uh the fifth Masters green jacket and the fifteenth major championship as the eighty-first PGA Tour win. It's it's so good. Well, and I saw a lot of headlines that were. I don't know if we did this. I didn't. I didn't like finalize the headline, but a lot of the headlines were like uh, RBC Heritage. Dustin Johnson blows fifty-four hole lead, and it's like, can I get some CT Pan love here mm-hmm. or no? Be- because like. And, and and part of that is just sort of trying to trying to yeah trying to make things relevant in the wake of a of a major and when the number one player in the world shoots seventy seven in the final round that's you know that like I'm not dogging anybody but it, it is um, yeah you are like everything gets re- we talk about this everything gets reframed through the twelve guys that matter so you've got um, your list of the best chances at where. In 2019, that 82nd Sam Snead tying, potentially record tying win might be as you started going through the schedule and Tiger's schedule. Number one, did you have any takeaways, not based on the locations or his, uh, you know, percentage chance to win, but what does his schedule look like from the flow of it? One of our big storylines last year was how much Tiger played. You know, how is it comparing so far this year? And then I, I guess then after that, you know, where are you starting to circle the spots and how often did you find yourself circling the spots where Tiger might be able to win? Well, it's, I, I circled all of them. Honestly, it's <laughs> kind of, it's kind of crazy once you get into it, like how well this sets up for him. And, but to answer your first question, I think it's, uh, I think he's going to play nine more times and maybe 10 so we've got, what do we have? May, June, July. We got basically four months until the end of the season. So he's going to play a little, like 2.25 times a month, okay. essentially. Um, which is about, like, historically, I think, what he does during the kind of the heart of the season. And uh, that includes, th- well, does that include the playoffs? Yeah, because, I mean, he, he's he's in for the Tour Championship now. Like you can't, I, I don't think you can win a major and then not make the Tour Championship. Even if you don't play in the other playoff events, you're, you're well, statistically it, probably locked in. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's only three now. There's only three playoff events. So there's only uh, I've got it pulled up here: Northern Trust, BMW, and then Tour Championship. Okay. Shout out so to this you, new schedule. Yeah. Do you want to go one to ten? Yeah, let's go one what to do, ten. What do you What do you think I have as number one? Like, like I I rank these from like the one that he's most likely to win. Like the 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 place where he's most likely to get his 82nd PGA Tour win. I'm gonna say it was either Pebble or Beth Page. Neither. I went Portrush. Oh, open. Wait. Okay, but I will have Tiger Woods on the books as potentially winning the Open Championship. I think that is going to be like the last major that he will still be able to be really competitive and a threat to win at. We might have, you know, eight, nine, ten more years of Tiger Woods being able to go uh, to the Open and be competitive to win. But, and I don't have the stats here, isn't Royal Portrush one of the least uh, successful spots in the Rota for him? No, they well, so they haven't gone to Portrush since 1951, which oh, okay. I don't think he. There you I go. don't think he played in that one. I don't. Then he definitely didn't. I think, but it was interesting because I, I was researching this, and in 1951, I forgot who won it at Portrush, but Sam Snead, who Tiger is chasing, won. Listen to this: he won the PGA Championship, which was match play that year in 1951, the day before on a Tuesday, the day before the 1951 open at port rush started which started on a wednesday and because of traveling like it was impossible for him to get over to northern ireland to play and and guys didn't really play it as much back then but isn't that first of all the fact that they ended like one ended on a tuesday and start and the next one started on a wednesday but also the fact that a that a pga championship is ending on a tuesday how how crazy is all that only crazy in our television-driven world because yeah. I think that days of the week don't matter when you're living that good life. You mean for the guys that are living it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if we're not worried about attracting audiences, if this truly is only about the competition uh, among the golfers and maybe the the patrons who are around the area, I assume that the necessity that we have of putting these things on the weekend wasn't there. Do you think that like the West coast swing, like the pebble, the Riviera, all that stuff should, should go Friday to Monday and end on a Monday night. Um, as opposed to just pushing, just pushing it deep into Sunday. Well, I feel like we try to jam these things into like, Oh, it's got to end at 6 PM Eastern on Sunday evening. And it's like, Man, I, just the way that I live my own life, I that's like not like a prime spot for me to be like, like I'm like hanging with friends at that time. I'm not like sitting down to watch golf. Like, wouldn't right. it be better if it ended at like 9 p.m. on a Monday night? Sure, for us, absolutely. Well, but for everybody though, right? Mm, I'll take it. I'll take it as a possible change. I will maintain though, and I'll throw back to like when we were uh, when we were playing last week on Monday and we're like burning daylight on the putting green. It didn't feel like a Monday. Yeah. When you're, when you're in the, when you're living that good life, Mondays, Tuesdays, open starts on a Wednesday. Ah, who's to say, (laughs) I will say the, the 12 days that I was gone, I was by like halfway through. I was like, I have no idea what day it is. Yeah. Like it, it was all based on, 
like I, I barely even knew what round it was. You do like completely lose track of it when you're in that world uh, because there's no like rhythm to go by. It's just like, oh, well, where am I going next? You know? So are you picking yeah. the open based on sort of the open, just the idea that uh, Tiger won't be asked to hit a driver. Tiger can go out there and just put on a ball striking bonanza, like all the good iron shots that you need to be able to win there. Yeah. And, and he's, he's, I mean, he's a genius. Like this is the, these are places where your intelligence I think is rewarded and Augusta's like this too, but your intelligence is reward. And remember last year. So remember what happened at Carnoustie last year? So the first round, maybe first two rounds, everybody's like, what's tiger doing? Why is he hitting irons? What, like what, what, like what is his strategy? And then all of a sudden you look up and it's Sunday afternoon and he's leading and you're like, Oh, Okay, maybe maybe he's like playing, you know, the rest of us are playing Connect Four and he's playing whatever. <laughs> Back uh, Chinese checkers. That game. I'm, <laughs> I'm just making up games, but I tried to not go ch- chess and checkers. Right. There. But the point is, like, he is, I think, as smart or smarter than everyone else, and when you do, it, the argument was a little bit of steam because he just like hit driver really well at Augusta. Uh, he wasn't super long. He was only like 58th in driving distance, but he, he wasn't, he wasn't that wild with it, especially on the weekend. And, uh, so I, so there, that goes a little bit against my argument now, but I just think, I think he's going to be competitive at opens for like you said, the next 10, 12, 15 years. Um, all right. So what was your number two? Number two is U.S. Open. Uh, he fit, everybody knows about uh, 2000, wins by 15. What people might not remember is that in 2010, when the U.S. Open was at Pebble, uh, he finished T4 behind Graham McDowell. He shot a 66 on Saturday. And then he shot a 75 on Sunday to lose by three. If he shoots even par on Sunday at Pebble, he's in a playoff with Graham McDowell. Mm-hmm. What was how about okay? How about what? What if Tiger goes Augusta Pebble in the same year? Would that be good? If if he goes Augusta Pebble, then we have to really reconsider the Willie Catch Jack. Oh, we have to reconsider a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> what, yeah. Uh, we have to reconsider all of our life choices. Yes, what, what, yes. what we're even doing out here? Uh, why? <laughs> why we're not drinking more Monster? Why we're not Think- chewing gum on the golf course? Yeah, I'm gonna say the the gum chewing on the golf course goes through the roof if he goes Augusta Pebble. Think about how close we are to the fact that he, well, I get it. Well, the PGA Championship screws us up, but he led. He led the Open on Sunday afternoon at Carnoustie. He got within, I think, one of Kepka at the PGA, and then he won them. Like we are, a, we're like a handful of swings from three in a row. But yeah, you you can say that. But there's a lot of handful of. I mean, are we overvaluing winning? Right. A so hand, lost, handful of swings separate a lot of stuff. Yeah, I, I know. I know. But still, like it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So he lost to Kepka by two. And then the open, how much did Molinari? Molinari beat him by, Molinari beat him by three. So that's six swings. That's, that's a lot over the course of two tournaments. Um, when did I become w- the cold shower here? 
Do I? When did I become the cold shower here? I, yeah, I, I don't know. But even <laughs> even still, he wouldn't be going for the sl- the Tiger Slam because the 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 PGA has moved from uh, from August to, to May. So he'd be going. It, and it's that's kind of weird because now Kepka's like has to win. Like Ke- like Kepka was sort of going for like a Kepka slam, but then he would have had to win if he won the Masters. He would have had to win the PGA again and then the U.S. Open. Uh, so this year is kind of funky anyway. Um, where is so if the the Pebble was the one that makes sense? That was one of my first suggestions. Uh, what a where do you have Beth Page for Tiger? I actually have Beth Page sixth. Yikes! Which is crazy because he's already won there. And he finished T6 at the 09 U.S. Open to Lucas Glover after opening with a 74. The reason I have it sixth is because I have the Memorial Third, Muirfield Village. He's won five times there. Uh, BMW Championship is at Medina this year. That's a playoff event. He's only played there twice, and he won both of them, both PGA Championships. <laughs> he, seriously, he beat Sergio in 99, and then he beat Sean McKeel in 2006. Uh, and then I have the Tour Championship fifth, and I, I could be talked into Beth Page ahead of Eastlake, uh, but he won the Tour Championship last year. He's going to be in it, uh, like we talked about, because he's pretty much already qualified. And uh, there was oh he he's only played there six times since two thousand two thousand and five. He's won two of them. He won 07 in 2018. So he hasn't, like, we don't think of him as having a lot of tour championship wins, but he also hasn't played there a lot. So I've got that ahead of PGA. Then I got PGA sixth, and then I've got the last four kind of whatever. Northern Trust is seven. That's at Liberty National. He's played there twice. He finished second both times. Uh, St. Jude is eighth. I don't think he's ever played TPC Southwind. Wells Fargo's ninth. He won there in 2007, but didn't he didn't play very well last year. And then I've got as number 10, I don't know if he's going to play this or not, uh, but the 3M Open over July 4th. And the reason I've got it in there is because there's like the options between the US Open and Open Championship are... I, I don't know where he's going to play, if he's going to play at all. But there's a month in between, and it's like, is he going to just not play there or what? Is the 3M Open the Greenbrier? No, it's uh, a new tournament in Minnie- in Minnesota. What happened? It, Greenbrier used to be July 4th, right? Yeah, Greenbrier, got, Greenbrier in Houston got moved to the fall. Oh, Okay. So it goes. So the the, the period out, like after U.S. Open, but before Open Championship goes Travelers, which is great, but I don't think he'll play the week after U.S. Open. Then Rocket Mortgage, which is Tiger's old event that used to be in D.C. and is now in Detroit, the Ricky Fowler Classic, Rocket Mortgage Classic, uh, and then the 3M Open, which is in Minnesota, and then. John Deere, which he's not going to play because it's the week before the open and then the open. So I, I don't know. Where, where do you think he plays? Um, Scottish open. Mm, I'd like that. God I would love that. That'd be sick. That's, that is one of my favorite, uh, like chip, chip clocks in for maybe five to six European tour events per year. 
like really gets fired up about it. Scottish Open is definitely one of them. Yeah, so the Scottish Open is the week before the Open. So you got Irish Open and then Scottish Open. And it's at, a, it's at uh, the Renaissance Club in North Berwick, Scotland. Mm, good club. Good good track. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so we're we're putting our money down on the Open Royal Port Rush, and the reason he doesn't have success there is because he's never played. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, so, but yeah, aren't, so aren't all of his Open Championships win wins elsewhere, Kyle? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So he hasn't played there. He's won at Pebble, so that's my number two. He's won five times at Memorial. He's won. He's two for two at BM at the BMW at Medina. Although he hasn't won a BMW there, he's just won PGAs there. Uh, he's won, I think, twice at Eastlake. That's number five. He's won at Bethpage, which is number six. Runner-up twice at Liberty National, which is my seventh. One at Wells Fargo, or at Quail Hollow, uh, and then he hasn't played. Like basically the only ones that he ha- the only one that he's played at and hasn't won at is Liberty National, the Northern Trust, and he's played there twice and finished second both times. Mm. What happened with Dustin Johnson and more from Harbortown right after this? And now it's time for Stock Up, Stock Down, brought to you by TD Ameritrade. And uh, buddy, Kyle, our uh, is what is our adjustment on the stock of Dustin Johnson after given a, a sort of wide open opportunity to go and get it on Saturday? You know, he was able to get in uh, for the 54-hole lead, but even during that round, there were some... There was some kind of shaky play, and then on the the back nine on Sunday, uh, it just all fell apart. He ends up finishing with a 77 on Sunday, blows the lead, and um, actually, you know what, good call earlier. We're not going to say blows the lead, but I will say uh, did not finish strong. How how do we adjust our our stock of Dustin Johnson following a a really concerning finish uh, at the RBC Heritage? I, yeah, it's it's weird, right? Because at on one hand, he's the guy where you're like, whatever. I don't. It does. Like if that was if that was Rory, would be having like a national meltdown, you know? Right. Or if it was, I don't know. If it was Ricky, like the narrative would be, oh, he's not a winner, you know? Whatever. Like it's it. Like he's the best person that it could be for the way that we talk about golf. Is that because of his demeanor and just sort of yeah, the way, we're, yeah, yeah? Because we're we're at the point with him where it's just like whatever, dude. Like I, it means nothing. I, I mean, I think, but then it like keeps happening, right? I mean, I saw the Justin Ray stat. He's like the only player that shot seventy seven or worse. I think this is the stat. He's the only player that shot seventy seven or worse with a fifty four hole lead more than once, and he's done it three times. And is one of them at the Valspar? I feel like I remember a bad Valspar showing from him on Sunday. He did have a bad Valspar showing. He didn't make a birdie, but I, he only shot like 74, I think. Gotcha. Uh, one of them was, I think it was China last year. And then one was a major, uh, I think it was the uh, 2010 us open. Uh, but yeah, so two, two events in a row where he's in the final pairing Valspar and then, uh, RBC, he makes two total birdies over those 36 holes and is like 10 over par combined. 
And you're like, what in the world? I mean, I, I watched him all day on Sunday and it was, it was atrocious, but like, I don't like, what do you even chalk that up to? Like nerves? There's no way. Like DJ's nervous about being in the final pairing at Hilton head. I mean, I could, I could be sort of talked into that if it was like the, I don't know, the open or the PGA or whatever, but come on. Like he's won 20 times. I, I don't think he's like, you know, wiping sweat off his hands after the fourth hole at, at our at harbor town I, th- I think that one of the only things that's keeping us from drawing big broad conclusions is the fact that he he has been among the winningest active golfers on the pga tour right like be if he didn't if he didn't have the w's then this would be a big 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 storyline and what i think that we need to look at this as is this is a recent or a, a storyline that's like maybe not of this era, but certainly of the last, what, couple years? Because if we do extend it, not necessarily to total meltdowns or, or you know, shooting a 74 or 77, but even even just not being able to keep up with Kepka, right? Or just other times where we've, we've, we've got DJ right there or at Augusta where you know, it's, it's not great. He's good enough that he's on the leaderboard. He's in the mix, but he's still needing to hold out from the sand in order to, to try and keep pace here. I, I think that it is worth exploring as a particular trend in this chapter of Dustin Johnson's career. And I don't think I can chalk it up to nerves, but I, I think you can say that he is, he has at this point in his career, not proven to be a great finisher. Well, here, here's really has he though? Because I feel like I can't remember the number. I think he's closed out like eleven of nineteen fifty-four hole leads, which I think is better than. I mean, it it depends on like how big the lead is and whatever. But I think that's like better than average, right? Like okay. Over fifty, over fifty percent. I mean, I get what you're saying, and like I th- I think he did just lose. Like he finished one stroke out of a playoff at Augusta which is insane because we didn't, it didn't feel like we heard anything from him all week. But I think, I think the thing that is sort of becoming my takeaway from him is a little bit like if, so let's say, let's say at the PGA Beth page, let's say Kepka has got a three stroke 54 hole lead. You're like, this thing is a wrap. Like this is, this is over. Right. Like he's not being caught. And that that's what I would say. Like that's like that would be my feeling on Saturday night. But if DJ has a fifty-four hole lead, three-stroke fifty-four hole lead on Saturday night, wide open. I, I I sort of feel like that, which is a crazy thing to say about the best player in the world and somebody who I think is generationally talented. But I I I sort of feel like I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen on Sunday, which is exciting, I guess, dramatic maybe, but. It is weird that that's sort of become a little bit the narrative with him. And again, like I'm, I'm with you. I don't. It's not nerves. Like I, I don't think that's it. I, it's just I don't really know what we're getting. Well, and, and you know, as as I'm going to be as as unfair as I can because that's what we are as pundits and as uh, talkers and mouth breathers about this sport. Never forget, Kyle, that Dustin Johnson won his only major championship and he didn't know his score. Yeah, that's that's uh, PGA Tour dot com. Sean Martin's favorite stat is it? 
Yeah. Oh, is he? Is, is Sean a DJ hater? We'll have to get him on to elaborate no, on this. He's not a DJ hater. He just pointed that out, and I think it's. I don't know. It's funny. I have no idea if it's relevant or if it means anything, but it is, it is pretty hilarious. But again, like he closed out Oakmont. Like I was there, I was like standing right next to him and the shots he hit down the stretch were unbelievable. And so you can't, it's, it's hard for me to sit here and be like, Oh, he's not a closer. I mean, you saw Mexico. He's got Rory shooting of, you know, 67 or whatever. And he just destroys him. Yeah. Mexico it's, Mexico is the good evidence that stands against Valspar and Harbortown. Yeah, and I just I just think it's like it, you know you know my deal with Fowler how like he doesn't understand the rhythm of a 72 hole event. Oh yeah, for I sure. sort of I sort of feel like that with DJ, but he's just so good that it doesn't matter half the time. Uh, like I feel like he, I feel like the first round is the same thing as the third round is the same thing. Like he there's just he just plays whatever's in front of him. I will be willing to entertain that after, uh, and you mentioned this during your preview of the RBC Heritage, that those players that were really in contention during that chaotic Sunday morning, there might have been, there's an aspect of that that you could assume was mentally taxing. If Dustin Johnson says at the end of the season, look, coming down the stretch at Harbortown, I was just mentally exhausted started to drift a little bit. I would I would not excuse or I don't know if he's asking for my, you know, excuse or not, but like I, I think that that would bring a lot more understanding to a round that just came unbuckled so quickly. Do you think DJ gets mentally exhausted? Yes. I do I do think there is a certain le- I think there is a certain level of um mental toughness where just just even the drift to thinking about anything else is going to end up messing up the margins in a professional golf tournament. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a, a demeaning way. I just, I think that he, I think that somebody like Bryson gets mentally exhausted because he does it to himself. Yeah. Or speed. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. I think speed like mentally just gets worn down because he's so like, there's so much going on. And I think I think I actually think DJ is really smart when it comes to golf and has like smartly worked on the right things and become better at the right things. And but like I just don't know like if there's like the guys that I think get mentally exhausted, it's like there's too much going on. Mm-hmm. And with him, I I don't think there ever is. I think he just plays golf the way he plays it. Like it just feels like he could put feels like he could play two like 36 holes 365 days a year and nothing would ever change he's uh he is one of the like all right so as as we bring this stock up stock down by td ameritrade to a close are we saying stock steady or are you knocking him down a price or two i'm i'm going down just because of what i mentioned earlier about how this is i don't know if it's in his head but it's in my head a little bit and will be the the rest of the year, the rest of his career, especially at majors where on Saturday night, I'll be like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting. Um, and so our, as we turn our attention to the winner, CT pan, uh, edging out Matt Kuchar as, uh, as DJ was falling apart, 
a celebration for CT Pan, maybe not maybe not the top headline as you mentioned earlier in the show, uh, but certainly a, a celebration nonetheless that uh, that deserves some uh, some excitement here. Yeah, he's a good player. He's had three really good seasons in a row on the PGA Tour. They they're not they're the type of seasons where you have to look them up and you're like, oh, CT Pan made a million and a half dollars last year. Oh, he had you know three top ten finishes. Finished second. He's finished. He's finished in the top two in an event for three straight years, which is meaningful because if you're finishing in the top two or three or four, you're playing well enough to win that event, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're not, you're not, uh, it's not like you're like T12 and you're like, oh, well, if, you know, 27 things go differently, (laughs) I win. It's, it's, you're, you're right there. And like one shot goes differently from the leader or from the eventual winner or for yourself, then you win. And so I, I think that is, I think that that part of it matters. And he's done that, you know, multiple years in a row now. Uh, he, he's a good player. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if, I, I don't, I don't think he's like one of those guys that, um, is going to win like majors or win a bunch of times on the PGA tour. But I, I think he's, I think he's a good player. He can be on the PGA Tour for a, for a long time. He is he's playing his first, so he's into his first PGA Championship. I think he gets in with the win. I guess I'm not. I'm I'm pretty sure he's in with, into the PGA, but he gets in his first Masters next year, which I we're not or nobody else is thinking about it. I guess I am thinking about the 2020 Masters already. <laughs> um, but he yeah, so he's into his first Masters, which I think is always always pretty cool. Um. I saw a, a, a screenshot of Jordan Spieth in the trees and it was being presented as art to depict his current state and in the name of the piece was lost in the wilderness. Yeah, well, that's fitting because he... Uh, so listen to this. So he goes, I just, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. He's, I wrote this on Sunday. He is eighth on the PGA tour and second round scoring average. He's probably better than that now. Cause he shot a 66 in the second round at Harbor town. He is a hundred and ninety fourth in third round scoring average and 208th in final round scoring average. And he lived up to that. He goes 74, 75 in uh, round three and four at the RBC heritage. So it's like, I, I just, why is there such a disparity between round two and then round three and four for him? I don't get it. Well, and if Dustin Johnson is a player who, you know, judging by what we've seen and heard from him, we assume uh, round one is the same as round three. For ye- for three straight seasons, we felt that no one understood the rhythm of a golf tournament more than Jordan Spieth. So right. why... In all of this fallout following, I guess, the the 17 Open, and so the 18 season and what we've had from 19, why do we have Jordan Spieth, the player who we thought understood the rhythms of a golf tournament better than anyone else, falling apart in rounds three and four? Yeah, I don't get that. So so I just looked up his new numbers. He's now 43rd in round one, 70 scoring average. Third on the PGA Tour in round two, 68.5 scoring average. Unreal. And... 196th in round three, 72.2, and 204th in round four, 
He just it got. Makes, it, <laughs> it makes no sense. <laughs> he just got married, and uh, he he wants to make sure that he gets those checks. So he crushes <laughs> it on Friday to make sure he makes the weekend. Uh, I mean, just looking through it is astonishing. Uh, going back to Pebble, he goes 66, 68, 74, 75. And it's like, well, I, how? How is that possible? I mean, I get that Pebble's on different courses. At Mexico, he goes 69 in round two, 75 in round three. At Texas Open, he goes 68, 68, 73. Masters, he goes 60, well, he shot a 69 in round three there. But then RBC Heritage, he goes 66 in round two, 74, 75 on the weekend. I don't get it. I don't understand. Do you see Do you see things coming together for him right now um, it, before the end of the major championship season? Uh, I'll say yes. I mean, look, like – and I, I wrote this after the Masters. I can't remember if we talked. I think we did talk about it, actually. He is so deep in the grind right now, which I, I actually respect a ton. Like, it's easy to, like, you know, talk about the bird box meme and, like, you know, whatever. Like, it's, it, you know, we it's do real, our funny I, thing. I think it's relatable. Yeah, we do our funny thing on Twitter and writing and pi- whatever. Uh but he's so like he wants to be great so bad and he cares so much that it's almost imp- it's it's almost impossible i think to see him not coming out of it like and i think he's that good like i think he's historically great you don't want three majors at 25 if you're not right i don't think <laughs> i mean there's not there's not a ton of evidence that says that you do uh that he's going to it's going to it's going to click eventually I don't know if it's this year. I don't know if it's 2020. I don't know if it's four years. I don't, I don't know when it is. Um, but it's going to click and it's going to, and he's, he might win a tournament the week that it clicks, you know? So I, I will say that it happens before the end, uh, before, before the open, before port rush. And what would define click for you? Uh, not shooting 75 on a Saturday. Oh, I, I was just going to say four complete rounds. I and I almost think like for him right now, clicking would be just getting into one of the final three. When's the last time he was in a final three pairings on a Sunday? Right, it was the Open last year. Yeah, I was, was going to say the final, last final season. Group. You know where it might happen? It's not Pebble. Yeah, Pebble. No, you yeah. think he won? He won there a couple years ago. There's a great story. I probably shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to about a player who is a really good player on the PGA Tour after Spieth won Pebble that was like, yeah, this is this guy's problematic because mm. he was he was so he was so like like everybody and again, like everybody go ba- goes back to the putting. He was so good with his iron play. So good from tee to green. And at a place like that, it just, I don't know. I think it'd be pretty crazy if it if it clicked in that week. What if it's Spieth and Tiger in the final group at Pebble? <laughs> Are you going to be okay? That'll be problematic for myself. Oh, <laughs> What's Kyle doing on the rocks? <laughs> <laughs> who would you, who would you be? Because I got asked this a bunch when I got home. People were like, were you, were you rooting for Tiger? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, not really, because it was like, it was 
kind of hard to write something that big. You know, we talked about that after, I think we, I don't remember what we talked about, but I think we, I liked your phrase. That. It's tough to get your arms around it. Yeah. yeah. Who would you be rooting for in Spieth, Spieth Tiger at Pebble? Um, <sighs> probably Tiger. I think I would be Spieth because I think it would create this sort of, and it's sort of a, it's sort of a narrative right now, but I think it would really create it of like, okay, we get to see historically great players go against Tiger when he's still great and try to take him down. I, yes, absolutely. And I think that by the time we, you know, in this fictional world that we're creating, I think that I've got a lot more of an understanding of, you know, how each of those players got there. And I, I do when it te- when it comes to like my rooting interests, some of it is definitely what's going to be easier to write. What have I got my head wrapped around? What's going to be uh, easier to react to or more fun to react to? And may- maybe at the time, based on what he did on Friday or Saturday, that Spieth would be it. But if you're asking me right now, I th- I think that I would probably lean Tiger just out of the idea that the like Spieth, how about this? Spieth just being there in the final group against Tiger would do a lot more for Spieth and that story would be able to continue and it would probably be a big chapter in his continued development. But like Tiger just being there won't cut it anymore. After Tiger won the Masters, we are win or bust. Like these T4s, these T6s, they're not going to cut it anymore. We got the taste of the good stuff. And we're never going back. Yeah. That's how yeah. I, think, I think it goes. That's a good point. You know who else plays great at Pebble? Phil? Yeah. Yeah, I know. What if What if we got like Phil, Tiger, Spieth, DJ, final two pairings? Phil, Phil's brain is not going to be able to handle... Uh, no, you're you're right. You're right. No. That's right. He He can't handle all that. That's... That is an overload. I hope I hope he gives us a really good Twitter video on like Friday or Saturday and that he is in contention because he's he's gonna nuke a ball into the ocean on Sunday. I think <laughs> I think this is it for Phil at the US Open. Like in like terms think, of being in contention or just I, he yeah, what I if he is, just stops playing? <laughs> yeah, he might. I think this is the last one that he could feasibly win. People keep talking about Wingfoot next year, and it's like, man, he's going to be 50. Right. Is he going to win Wingfoot when he's 50? I don't think I, so. I don't either. I mean, but he won Pebble earlier. I mean, I know it's different. Like, it's USGA. Like, it, it's not going to be the same. But I think this is the last gasp, and I don't think there's a, a really a good chance uh, at all. But – I think this is the last one that's even realistic. And and again, we come back to the, a familiar refrain here on the show. I think the field is too damn good for last gasp to be yes. enough to make up the gap. It's going to have to be. It, it's almost like it, it would almost be like Nicholas in 86. I know we keep comparing this Tiger victory to that, but that to me, something like Phil at the US Open would be more like that to where it's like, yeah, this dude's still really good, like top 30, top 40 in the world, but he's like sort of on the other side of it a little bit. Well, yeah, um, and Tiger's top 12 in the world before he wins. Yeah. I I don't I haven't loved the the Tiger to Nicholas comparison. 
Like, it's uh, Tiger's like probably going to win more majors. That was like, and and I guess Nicholas could have as well, but I I, I don't know. It, it feels it feels like Tiger's got a lot more left in the tank than Nicholas did in '86. I agree. I don't like it either. I think I think that to 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 draw those lines is to already say that Tiger's done. Yeah, it's it feels weird, right? Yeah, I'm not comfortable doing that. Yeah. For sure. Um, he is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. We'll be back later in the week. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. <laughs>